welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with... Jeff Rappaport. And guys, um, we are in uh, this series of pop quiz on deal structuring. I think this is what, four or five. Four. Four here. Okay. <laughs> I lose track now. Um, um, me too. So if you guys uh, haven't listened to uh, the other episodes in this series, go back and listen to them. But um, we, we've gone over a lot. And in our last episode, what, we're, what we've been talking about is uh, when you're structuring terms um, and your land or when your buyer is a landlord, so your exit strategy is to sell to a landlord, um, to wholesale to a landlord, or even you know if you're going to keep the properties for yourself, uh, what, you know, what, what do you need to think about? What do you need to consider, you know, as far as down payment? And, um, we talked about how, you know, landlords are looking for a cash on cash return and what their down payment needs to be, or, you know, they're all in out of pocket uh, amount. Um, we even talked about, you know, uh, doing a cash out refi. So we're going to pick up kind of where we left off there and, uh, I'll give it to you, Jeff. I don't know how much of an actual pop quiz this has actually become, right? I, I, I am trying to lead with questions. So, uh, but I, I think that the, the how, no, we're, how we're structuring it, I think, is going to be helpful. No, it's still a pop quiz because you're you're asking me, okay, what would you, you know? How 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 do I determine the length? of a term, you know, or uh, how much can you offer when selling to a landlord? Um, or... Well, that, that, that is the question I'm going to ask you right now, Jonathan. Okay. So uh, how much of a discount from the ARV should we be trying to get from a landlord? Um, you know, that, that means that we're buying it from a landlord most likely and probably gonna wholesale it to a landlord. Um, what kind of discount do we need? Uh, I don't know as far as like a percentage of a discount. Um, I know that there needs to be some equity there. And, you know, if it really, as long as the cash on cash return works for our buyer, um, and we can get in light and, you know, be able to make a a wholesale fee, passing it on to another landlord, that's probably the most important thing. So yeah, that, that number would vary um, that because if we got, you know, we can go out there and get a property, you know, in the Midwest that uh, may, we, we could buy it at full retail and, you know, it, it just makes sense financially as far as cash on cash return for someone who lives in, you know, Utah or California or Colorado to buy that property because they can get way better cash flow over there. They can get better cash on cash return buying something over there versus buying something in, uh, you know, a, a very expensive market, right? Yep. Good point. 
Um, so how much of a discount from the ARV should we get? Uh, I would say, I don't, I don't know um, if there's a, a definitive answer to that because it just depends on cash on cash return like we talked about. So one of the things that, that I always look at, and I, you remember we talked about price before being the, the least important criteria. And, and, and there's no difference in it being the least important when dealing with um, you know, a landlord or, or a, another investor. What, what we're trying to do, you know, what we, we left off last, last episode, we introduced like cap rate and cash on cash return equations. But he, here's why sometimes uh, you know, what, what we tell brokers and um, various other um, investors, you know, when they ask, what are you looking for? We tell them we're looking for one of two things. We look for value add, value add being things that we can fix up, renovate, we can increase the occupancy, we could increase the economic occupancy, so we could increase the amount of people actually paying, um, we could raise the rents if they were low, um, things that we can increase the value of that property. It's basically looking at it as a rehab, right? Yeah, uh, we're going to increase the value by changing some aspects of the property. Okay, I think everyone understands that type of property, right? Yeah. Yep. It, it needs some work, some way or another, and you can maximize its value by doing some work. The ones that maybe not everyone understands is so we were talking about cap rate before. Um, let me ask you, Jonathan, you live in Utah, but we've, we've got a smoking hot market and for everything, for every single thing that's going on here, single family, high end, single family, low end, single family, multifamily, I mean, everything, right? Yeah. Um, well, what do you think would be the going cap rate for rentals, right? You know, an eight plex, a twenty plex, a hundred plex. I, I don't even care. What, what what do you think? You know, the going cap rate in Utah. It's somewhere around like four percent right now. So let, let's just terrible. back up. What that means is that if I would pay your ridiculously high price for what you're asking for, whatever the asset is, yep, I should expect to make four percent on your my money. money. If right? you're paying all cash, yeah. Right. If I paid all cash, I've yeah. even seen stuff at you know advertised, which is insane to me, in the threes, right? Yeah. Uh, Three point two five. It's like you know, it's like they're happy to be advertising that. It's like, <laughs> okay. One of the things I don't think people really understand by using creative financing is normally that would that excite you? Would you be interested in a property like that? No, not at all. Right. Uh, I mean, you're looking for, you know, and for the most part, discounted properties, right? Stuff you can yeah. buy cheap um, or cheaper than what where, you know, it's worth. Yeah. You don't want to pay retail for the property. But as we've talked, if we can create the right terms, all of a sudden a three and a half, four percent cap rate 
can actually get you a significantly good cash on cash return. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. And, uh, you know, like we talk about uh, with single family homes that, you know, the price really doesn't matter. Um, same when, when, it, when you're talking about commercial properties, cap rates don't really matter. It's again, it, it comes down to cash out of pocket and what your cash on cash return is. And uh, is there value add there so you can significantly increase the value of the property so that you can do a cash out refinance and pull out some of that money? That's that's what matters is cash flow really and cash on cash return. Yeah. So, I mean, we can overpay or pay close to or retail, but we're going to want some of the terms, the rest of the terms to be favorable for us. So if I'm paying for, let's say a million dollar property um, that's at a 4% cap rate, uh, most people, most people that aren't hedge funds or 1031 exchangees, most people aren't even looking at this kind of stuff, right? Maybe, maybe your doctor, your attorney, you know, the, your professional that um, just wants a solid investment, has money, and needs to to place it somewhere. Yep. But your normal investor isn't really looking for that kind of stuff, right? That that's uh, we we want to do better than that. Yeah. So, yep. but if if I say Jonathan. Look, I'll give you the million um, that you're asking for your property um, that's going to get me a 4%, but uh, I need you to finance you know, um, $900,000 for me, and uh, I, I need you to finance it at 3.25%, um, amortized over 30 years for the next seven to 10 years. Yeah, that'd be a good deal then. Uh, right? Now, now all of a sudden the, this deal that uh, really has no interest um, to us as investors now becomes one, hey, now it might be something we even want to acquire, right? Yeah. Or we could even wholesale. So um, the whole point is, is that we want to look at when, when we start looking at income type properties, that there is a lot that we can try to do with them to make them work. Now, that doesn't mean that you should spend all your time chasing any kind of income property. That, that's, that's not my point because we still got to get the rest of the terms favorable to us. You know, and yep, not everyone's willing to do that. And that's, those are the ones you got to walk away from and you got to do it quickly or they'll waste a lot of your time. Right. But the ones that, hey, you know, I'm set on my price. You know, that I, I know what I got. It's it's badass. Um, uh, I can give you your price, but you got to give me my terms. And we're going to figure that out as we go. What I want to do is I, I'm going to skip around a little bit because our next episode, I want to... And we've done this a number of times, but th- th- this exercise is so good for people is that we're going to look at what it's going to, how do we structure offers to landlords, right? How do we figure out what we can give the landlord? What should we want for ourselves or for our buyer? And how do we put all these numbers together? Because right now there's just a whole bunch of numbers. 
Right. And the way that we've done that in the past is, do you remember? By going through a scenario. Well, and, and how do we typically work that scenario? Uh, we pull out our financial calculator and we first determine uh, what the uh, market rent is of the property. And then we work backwards from there. That's exactly right. So um, what, my example that we will do, and then we can go into some depth with it. This is really interesting. Do you remember a couple of years ago that I was involved in buying some duplexes in Texas? I do. Yeah. And um, so now we're going to sell them on owner financing. And, okay. Uh, so I, I want to show you um, the purchase didn't quite work out the way that we had thought. Uh, and when I say that, um, other people got involved. We had to raise money. And uh, let's say that we... We, we should have done a little more due diligence in that we should have sent someone to the subject property and we relied on realtors to tell us the real way that it is. And the one thing that the realtor decided not to tell us was that this particular area is really oversaturated with student housing. Uh -huh. And uh, which is not, you know, I'm, I'm not familiar with too many markets that are oversaturated with student housing. Usually there's a need for student housing. Right. And, but th this place has got a lot of student housing. So it's very competitive. And, you know, when you're dealing with student housing, you basically have like a small window of opportunity to get them full and get them full at your market rate rents, or else now you've missed your opportunity and now you're scrambling. You got to get them rented for whatever you can. So, what I thought we could do is kind of go through that scenario of okay. working backwards and really breaking this down and showing what one why all of a sudden these are going to be great deals. Okay, um, let's do it. Yep. All right. So you had an eight plex or eight duplexes, right? Yeah, eight duplexes. I don't yeah. think we're going to want to do it. How far are we into this episode? Yeah, we got about 10 minutes before we need to wrap up. Uh, so let's, let, rather than get into this right now, how about we'll just go um, talk about some additional questions and then we'll set that aside strictly for its own episode because I think it'll take. Yeah, it'll probably be longer. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's do it. All right. So, um, Yep. Jonathan, let me ask you. Yep. You understand how amortization works, right? Yes. Amortization is pretty simple. It means that, hey, we're going to pick a, a term, you know, uh, months, years, whatever. And if you pay a certain amount of money that within that term, that debt would be completely paid off, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So if I wanted to amortize a loan over 30 years, in 30 years, what will I have? Uh, you'll own that property. For yeah, that it'll be paid off, right? Yep. So if my payment's $898.14, that I pretty much pay that for 30 years and it'll be paid off. Yep. Could I amortize a loan over 10 years? Yes. 15? Yes. 
20. Yeah. 18? Yeah, anything. Okay. Really. So when would we ever want to change the amortization of a loan? To change payment, to get payment uh, in our favor, um, you know, usually to lower payment a little more. Um, or if a seller needs a particular payment, if we're selling it on seller finance, right? Uh, and we need, we want that payment to be a little higher, we can amortize it over a shorter period. Exactly. So if maybe we're overpaying or paying, you know, pretty close to retail, but we've got a really good monthly payment, maybe we amortize it over 25 or 20 years as opposed to 30. So now we start getting that principal pay down faster, right? So I, if we just cut out five to 10 years, you know, more money is going to be going toward principal quicker on a 20-year amortization than a 30-year amortization. Does that make sense? Yep. So remember that we're always trying to figure out what our goals are, right? So if the goal is we got to get our principal pay down, how do we do that? Well, what we can have a longer term. We can have a principal-only payment. We could have more money going toward principal each month. Um, we can structure it in a lot of different ways, right? Yep. So one of the ways that um, you know you can structure a deal is and let's quickly go through this, and that will take us to our new other new example. Um, is what if? What if we have a property that's worth 200,000, okay? And they owe 110 on it. And you know, their payment's $900 a month, PITI. Okay. And, um, but this property will rent for $1,600 a month. Mm -hmm. okay? But that loan has been, you know, they've owned this property and this loan for the last 12 years. Yeah. What, what what information would you what what would have gone ding 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 in your head if you would have that information? That uh, the seller's probably getting a lot more in principal pay down right now, right? Because uh, the, the loan is older. Yeah, yeah. So in this uh, in this junction of their amortization schedule, they're starting to get down a lot more principal pay down. So the way that a 30-year loan works starts out is that you, you're paying a lot more in interest than you are in principal. Yep. And then each month, you get a little more toward principal, right? Yeah, a little more principal pay down. Yeah. So, you know, after 6, 8, 10, 12 years, it starts to build up, you know, and eventually the principal is more than the interest. And, you know, so you would want to take advantage of that particular situation, wouldn't you? Yes. Okay. So normally we could just create a wrap, right? Where we would wrap that, that first mortgage that's got, you know, uh, a $900 a month PITI payment that's been around for 12 years. And we're going to create a new note that's going to start when? It's going to start now. Yeah. So unless we structure it, the, the underlying loan's getting paid down a lot faster than our new loan, right? Right. So what if we structured it just a little differently? 
what if we structured it where, hey, Jonathan, I'll buy your property and I'll pay you 200000 for it. And I'm going to take over your existing debt of, you know, one, whatever I said, 110 uh-huh. with your $900 a month payment. Yep. And I'm going to give you um, $10,000 down. And I'm going to give you a note for the balance of your equity on your property. Okay. Okay. So how about that note? That note's going to be for 80,000. Isn't that right? Yeah. Because I owe 110. I'm paying you 10. I now owe 190 minus 110 is 80. Okay. Following me? Yep. I got 80,000 as present value in my calculator. Now remember, our our payments nine hundred and our income uh, we can rent this for sixteen. Okay. Okay. So, what do you think would be a good cash flow to be able to get on this type of property? Somewhere around four hundred bucks would be good cash. Four hundred would be pretty good, right? Yeah. So that means that we can offer um, three hundred dollars. To the seller, right? That yeah. would leave about four hundred. Yeah, yeah. I'm not taking cool. into account a bunch of other expenses. We'll do that next episode. Yeah, this is just more to keep it simple. Yes. If, if it's a single family home, I mean. Yeah, there, yeah you may yeah. be able to pass on everything, right? Yeah. Correct. So, um, so let's say that now we can pay three hundred dollars to the seller. So we already got their loan covered, right? Yep. So we're paying nine hundred there. Um, so now we can offer 300 on their equity, 80,000. Well, let's just figure out what's 80,000, you know, at 4% over okay. 30 years, 381. Okay. Um, so we don't want to offer that much. How about 3%, 337. Um, so, all right, we probably aren't going to be able to offer, you know, a huge amount of interest here, maybe any. So right. maybe now we go back to the seller and we say, look, well, why do you need interest? You know, how about I'll just pay you 210 for the property. I'll pay you 10,000 more. Um, and that'll be a part of your second note. So that 80,000 will become 90,000. Yep. And I'm going to pay you $300 a month, principal only. Okay, so every year, that means that $3,600 is coming off the balance of that Mm $90,000. Okay, so let's say, hey, in five years, that means that I will have paid this down by $18,000. Well, I upped it by 10, right? Yeah. So at least now I'm starting to get payoff on the existing debt. But right. what if what if you know five hundred dollars is going toward principal on the first? So now I'm getting the the principal pay down on the first benefit. Yep. And I'm structuring a principal pay down on the second. I'm I'm getting a lot better principal pay down than I would if I would have just wrapped this right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, people ask all the time, why you know. I, I want to make two offers. I want to make a short, shorter term and then a little longer term. So for me, it might be three to five years on the shorter term 
seven to 10 years on the longer term. Okay. But there's got to be a difference, doesn't there? Yeah. I mean, but why would the seller agree to, you know, three three or five more years if it's not worthwhile to them? Yeah. So what might be some of the things that would make it worthwhile? So marking it up like you did another so, you know, a higher price. Yeah. Higher, higher price. Yeah. Interest. Yeah. Doing a higher interest so that they're netting or grossing more money for their property. Yep. Cash flow. Yeah, for sure. If you can increase that, even if it's more principal pay down, right. Less interest. Uh, but you know what I want to be able to show that seller is, Hey, here's one where maybe I'm going to wrap it. Okay. And I'm going to pay you, maybe I'm not paying you exactly 200. I'm paying you 190, 190, 192, three. I'm really close to your asking price. Not quite there. And I'm paying you an interest rate that works for me. And um, I'm giving you a smaller down payment. Okay. Mm-hmm. What if I now then offered a second option where, hey, I'll give you more down payment. You know, I only offered you five or six thousand on option one. How about yeah. now I'll give you ten? Okay. So now if they need more money up front, they'll look at that longer term. Yep. And maybe that longer term now is for more money too. Um, yeah. hey, not only am I not, I'm paying you, I'm not paying you 192 or three, I'm paying you 210. So uh, I'm paying you 17,000 more to stay in this for, you know, another three or four years. And really what I'm doing is I'm structuring where I don't care that the price is high. I've just got to stay in this through the, you know, closer to the the term that I'm creating because that principal pay down eventually catches up and then exceeds whatever I raised it. Right. So, so, that's one of the things that I want people to start to grasp is that um, you've got to understand how money kind of fits together, how these numbers do. You know, some of it's about principal pay down, some of it's about cash flow, some of it's about gross, just right? Gross net. And yeah. So, um, and then if you wanted to structure two different offers, it's not enough to say, here, I offer you 200. I'll give you five that cran down at 4% for five years. And here I'll give you 200 with six, $7,000 down, but I want you to do it for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, there's no difference there, right? It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Um, you got to make them different enough where there would be a reason for the seller to take a longer term. Yeah. You got to entice them a little bit. Right. So, I guess the point is, is you can always play with, uh, you know, that you can always play, play with your payment amount, the interest you offer, whether that's interest only or principal pay down or principal only, um, to get that principal pay down. Um, you, the, the point here is you need to adjust that uh, accordingly to, to make it work in your favor. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we could have come up with an interest only scenario on the seller's equity in that last example. Now, there'd be no principal pay down, but that might entice the seller to look at it because they're, they're making, you know, $300 more a month in interest every single month 
than it goes on, right? So yeah. maybe they're getting a higher price and the interest. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, um, I think that was a great example using that. And uh, I hope that you guys are able to follow along and that you're kind of catching on here. Um, but, you know, just get your calculator out and run through the numbers just like we did. Um, I had my calculator out as Jeff was uh, going through the numbers, you know, so plugging in that $80,000 for the principal or the present value, you know, 3% interest uh, amortized over 30 or 360 months. So guys, you need to do the same um, in order for you to start grasping uh, how to apply this, uh, you know, in, in your business or, you know, if you're just getting started, how to make these kind of offers to sellers. Um, Can I say something really quick? Um, yeah. You know, so if you were just beginning, the, 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 this episode's probably over your head. Yeah, yeah it really is. Um, and But that's okay. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you this as an educator, that's okay. What, what, what I hope that you ended up getting out of this is that I got to think. And I got to sometimes think outside of the box. And if you understand just some of the concepts, you start, you know, creative financing is no different than anything else that you learn. So start learning the foundation of it and how to use one sort of um, creative finance strategy, right? Yeah. And now, you, now it's like, okay, I got this one down. I'm going to add in another one. And hey, yeah, now I want to become an expert at being able to look at things and figure out solutions. So, you know, I'm going to start educating myself on I mean, um, in one of the next episodes, we're going to break down subordination. Um, you know, most people don't know what subordination is. And if they do know what it is, they certainly don't know when to use it um, or why they would be using it. Yeah. So don't worry. I mean, if this, if you're like, whoa, you know, if I listened to this episode five times, I'd still have no idea what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> That's yeah. all right. You know, um, it's, I, I just want to make sure you're thinking, you're hearing what we're talking about. Uh, there's a why behind it. And mm -hmm. as you learn more, it will become to make more sense to you. Don't get overwhelmed. Yeah, definitely. And that's a great point, Jeff. Um, you know, don't bite off too much than you or more than you can chew, as they say. Uh, and with this, it's just opening up the possibilities, opening your mindset to um, think outside the box. Like you said, Jeff, I, I don't know how else to put that. Um, you so know what, do you know what a confused mind does? It says no. no. Cause I see them all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, funny people that maybe they listen to our podcast. Maybe they are in different Facebook groups. They're getting bits and pieces of information. Okay. And rather than try to organize that and build the foundation they're trying to take it all in at once. So a conversation would be like, yeah, I like to do lease options. What I do is I sell with a down payment of um, 10,000. And then, you know, um, that we do it where the title is held in escrow um, because, you know, we don't want the due on sale clause, you know, but my tenant buyer um, is, you know, they only have two years 
um, before they can go get a loan, but you know, they don't have the down payment. So you know, they're combining all these different things yeah. and they don't even realize it, right? They, they, they have no idea what they're talking about. And you know, there's a difference. There's a difference between those terms and those strategies. So, you know, don't one thing at a time, one at a time and add to your, um, to your list of strategies as you become more comfortable with them. Yeah. And as we say, another tool in the tool belt. That's right. Only, only learn one tool at a time. (laughs) Yeah. Don't try to be an expert immediately. Yeah. Creative not, finance, it doesn't work that way. No, and it and it won't. So great point. Okay, guys. Hope you've enjoyed this. We're going to continue on this series and episodes to come uh, because we did not get through everything, did we, Jeff? No, we didn't. And uh, yeah, you just mentioned subordination. I was like, yeah, we got to talk about that for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we got to go over your example on uh, your student housing. Eight, yeah. Your eight duplexes there so those will be episodes to come so stay tuned to that guys hope you are enjoying this content and if you are please go out there and like our show give us a rating um and if you haven't subscribed definitely go subscribe uh so that you know exactly when uh, a new episode is uploaded so do that that really helps us out to get the word to other uh, people who are interested in the same content as you guys are so um yeah, do us that favor, please. And then if you guys want to find all of our episodes, they can be found on the creativefinancingpodcast.com. That's our archive. Uh, if you guys are interested in our academy, the Creative Financing Academy, uh, please hit us up on our hotline or shoot us a message on Facebook. Let us know you're interested in that and we'll, we'll get you the information about that. And um, if you're interested in Jeff's apprenticeship program, please email Rebecca, that's R-E-B-E-C-C-A at weofferoptions.com. She'll give you the info on their apprenticeship program. Um, And then if you guys are working on deal structuring, you need help, uh, please post that on our Facebook page. Uh, as that's the best place to get, you know, the community involved to help one another out uh, to learn creative financing and structure deals and be able to, uh, you know, give uh, different kind of offers to sellers. Uh, anything I missed there, Jeff? I think you, you've got it all covered, Jonathan. Um, I don't know how you keep track of all those announcements at the end. But <laughs> you tend to do it every time. Yeah. Well, I've had a lot of lots of practice. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're coming up on like 150 or so episodes, and you know, 150 thousand downloads. So yeah, we're getting uh, close, aren't we? Yeah, you know, for some, for a couple guys that do like no marketing, and um, you know, we really should because now, now I'm curious where we could take this. So yeah, um, yeah, for if, sure. If you have marketing expertise or you want to help us blow this thing up, you should contact us as well. Yeah. Um, and the best way to do that is just, uh, DM me on Facebook, uh, you know, go to Facebook messenger and hit me up personally. Uh, I'd love to chat with you. So yeah, if you're really good, we might make you a trade. Um, you know, so Yep. Uh, not promising anything, but uh, uh, give knows? you access to the academy or get you in the apprenticeship oh, or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. 
hit us up guys and uh, until next time go out there and create some terms Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.